Alrighty guys, hello and welcome to Just Another Basketball Pod brought to you by Excuse the Noise. I'm Tom Craft and joining me like every episode is Caleb Fogarty. Hey, hey, hey. And Jack Crawley. Hey boys, how we going? Yeah, good. What's been going on this week, boys? Mate, we missed you. Last week mm. was just not the same without you. It's tough. <laughs> it was tough. But you guys killed it. That last episode was sick. I can't do that hosting duties. <laughs> Mate, you, you're on another level with both of us on that one. Just let, let us ramble and... Oh yeah, but you guys, you, ramble, the, you guys go for it. You can be the light to guide us home. Yeah. There was a lot more wrestling talk without you here. <laughs> that's, that's, how, that's, how, that, that's how we made up for it. Yeah. Coming in the first quarter, let's talk about the games for the week. What do we start it off with? Nets versus the Suns. What do you guys think, Caleb? What's your thoughts on that game? Dude, that score was flattering mm. to the Nets. It really was. They just yeah. got pummeled for like three quarters and then right at the end. That last quarter, they come back a bit. but Where were they were on our rankings when we did the league pass rankings? I think they've gotten worse since we've watched them, since we ranked them. They they were so hard to watch. It's just LaMarcus Aldridge and Kevin Durant right now. Like James Harden is a non-factor. I couldn't believe he's at his own home stadium. He was being booed after his sixth, sixth turnover. Yeah. He had 10, didn't he? It was stinky. I think KD had like seven turnovers too. Boys, I'm just saying, James Hart, that James Harden take I had isn't looking that dumb. Caleb's not that. Caleb kind of knows what he's talking about sometimes. <laughs> I'll take it, it while I can. It was pretty grim, hey. Especially because like KD, KD had a pretty great game, and he was still minus one. He had almost forty points, or pretty much almost a triple double, four steals, something like that. Like was shooting great from three point, and he still that they still didn't even look close. I, well, you got to give credit to the Suns. The Suns are oh, a well-oiled yeah. machine. That is like, if you when you think of Chris Paul, you think you're going to think of this team from forever. They are just mm. the perfect Chris Paul team. How they run, they don't skip. They go through their sets. You can see him talking with the coach, and even then, the coach just goes, oh, "Okay, you you do your thing." You, I've actually seen Chris Paul wave off Monty Williams a couple of times. Yeah, they're looking really good, the Suns. But we talked about it a couple of weeks ago. They just don't know what they're doing. They were lucky to make the finals last year, but they're better for it now. And look how good they're playing. Yeah, they're playing like one of, if not the best team in the league at the moment. I actually did a bit of a deep dive into their lineups. And I thought that was pretty interesting. So we've talked about it before on the pod about how we think there's a trade there for Aiton and how he's mm. maybe not as important to this team as some of the other people. So yeah, that's pretty much what I was looking for. So their starting lineup, which is their most used by a mile, has 283 minutes and that's that's Aiton, Booker, Bridges, Crowder and Paul. And that's actually like running at a negative if you look at the stats which is really yeah which is it's very like literally it's pretty much even but it's slightly negative no you, you look right. you look at the next two lineups that don't have Aiton and they're both massive positives hugely positives it there's really? a lineup with the same four but with Kaminsky is plus 22 plus 22.6 in 67 minutes they do turn the ball over a lot more and they don't have as much control on the boards so they're playing a lot quicker with that lineup. And there's another lineup. Instead of Kaminsky, you run McGee. They rebound way better. In fact, they're, they're positive in rebounding, but they're still just as positive everywhere else. And then, and then you go through the rest of the lineups. They're just the other two lineups with plus 50 minutes. The rest of them don't have as many minutes, but you have to go down like six or seven different lineups to find Aiden. He's just not, apart from that starting unit, he doesn't run well in that team at all. His defense is also not looking too great. I don't know. It looked it looked like it clicked last year, 
and in the finals and in the playoffs, it looked unreal. But I don't know, maybe, I don't know if it was whether we saw a guy kind of have a really good run of form or if this is just the way he's going to be, that he has a couple of weeks where he doesn't look too crash hot and then a couple of weeks where he looks like a world beater. I don't really know what we're going to see with him like long term. Yeah, well, looking at those advanced stats, Bridget, uh, Aiton isn't the guy that looks important. It's Bridges. Booker, Bridges, and Paul are like that entire team, and it wouldn't function without any one of them. Well, it's pretty clear these days that 3 and D is really important. I don't know if you'd rather a 3 and D guy than a rim-running big. I think if you really, really ha- had a really, really, really good rim-running big, you'd probably take that. But 3 and D, as good as Bridges is, for what they have him for... Mm. I'd, I'd be taking him. He's the third guy when I think of him. I still reckon Aiton's gone. They would have paid him if they wanted him there. If, they, if they're running that well, well, they had him. Trade him while he's got value. That was the thing, though. In that those playoffs, he was the only thing that looked like that could stop Giannis. And then they just they just had no one behind him. Mm. But now, do you trade him and try and get... Some, I still reckon they're going to go get Cat. I still... I Dude. will go down swinging. That's going to be a trade. Cat looks like a fucking world beater at the moment he's actually playing so good the other day he was i think he'd missed three shots or something by the time he fouled out it was ridiculous he was legit like 12 for 16 or something he's looking good for the uh paradise ballers man yeah he's looking really good for my fantasy team yeah he is big big upset in the league jamarant's injury what do you reckon is gonna happen for them for the grizz oh i'm i cried all weekend about that yeah (laughs) i messaged jack and i thought he'd done his achilles like yeah those those injuries, man, when they're just... It that looked like there was nothing in that. And mm. then he's just all of a sudden, he yeah. couldn't walk off the court. They're yeah. the scariest ones when nothing really happens and there's no real contact. That's the ones where people are out for like 12 to 18 months. So it's actually good news that he's it's only a, a sprain. Well, the thing is, is we keep constantly compare him to Allen Iverson and Derek Rose. If he's not careful, he's going to be exactly like Allen Iverson and Derek Rose. Yeah. The way he chucks his body around, the dude's not going to have a long shelf life. He, yeah. When you take as much contact and land as hard as he does, it's it's very well proven. Your knees, your ankles, your hips, your back, all of it. Can't really take it that much for that long. Gave out on Derek Rose when he was 22. If you listen to the stories about Alan Iverson, he was beat up his entire career. You really want to see Jar come back, but whether he starts coming back now and thinking about maybe picks his spots a bit more, which I actually will give him credit. I feel like he has done more this year. Yeah, for sure. Last year, it was really bad. Like watching him twist his ankle last year at the start of the season, coming from someone that has twisted his ankle a lot, uh, just shivers up the spine. Mm-hmm. Couldn't watch it. Yeah. Yeah, we have got a future for the Grease. They would have been pretty fucked without him if he was gone for the rest of the season. But yeah. yeah. There's still no time frame, I don't think, for his return, but... They'll probably take it easy with him. It's not like they were like contending or anything either. So they'll take it easy, and then they won't they won't rush him back. If anything, they're overachieving as well. Yeah. Mm. You got Stephen Adams there, which doesn't really help with clearing the lanes and bodies. So I don't know how long Stephen Adams. I still don't really know why they traded Stephen Adams for Jonas in the first place. That was a bit of a weird trade. Mm. As much as I love Stephen Adams, big fan of the pod, as we know our New Zealand brother. But uh, <laughs> yeah, I, I don't I didn't get that trade when it happened. Desmond Bain, though, he's so good. Desmond Bain can shoot the shit out of the ball. He can. Yeah, I don't. it's not like the supporting cast at the Grizzlies is bad at all. Jazz, the, the engine that makes that, that train run, and they're going to miss him. A lot. Big time. Did they win today? Yeah. Um, oh, they're versus the Kings, but... 
That doesn't count. <laughs> Fucking hell! How mad are you? it is that bad? I think it's. I think it's fair to say, Hobo Johnson, you're wrong. It's yeah. not that bad. It really is that bad. They suck. Kings are like almost my loser for this week. Oh, dude. Almost. Yeah. Almost. almost. Someone. I yeah, think there's someone else. There's got to be a point where something happens with this team. Is this owner just that oblivious? You got to. I don't understand how certain billionaires get their money because I feel like to become a billionaire, you have to have some sort of awareness self-awareness yeah and this dude has none sure what you've been doing hasn't been fucking working your team is still shit everyone doesn't want to be there your best players want to leave no one wants to come change up what you're doing bro because fuck me you guys have been so bad for so long probably talking to a brick wall there yeah I, I know he's I know he's listening at home right now. He he's got just another basketball pot on repeat yeah, all the time. Yeah, of course, of course. <laughs> Let's move on to the winners of the week. Uh, let me get my Zion stuff on me. Was it pictures of him with man shakes and Jenny Craig all around him? <laughs> he's his sponsor. Bro- brother needs it. <laughs> Dude looks like a fucking defense uh, DT. Mm. NFL player, man. He's so big. He doesn't look any smaller than he did a couple of weeks ago. Coming to the back end of the first quarter, we are going to do winners and losers of the week. Caleb, you're up first. 24 seconds on the clock. Time starts now. So my winner is, of course, Zion Williamson and the Pelicans. The man is finally back. He is finally him. He's huge ass. He's huge arms. He's huge everything. This man is apparently just eating KFC McDonald's. I've only got eight seconds left. He averages 25 <laughs> points. The Pelicans are really fucking shit. They should win a couple more games. Point Zion's back. Pelicans fans be happy. Even though there are not even though there are no Pelicans fans. Just like to point out for the listeners of the podcast that there are no winners on the New Orleans Pelicans. Only losers. <laughs> <laughs> Different vari- variations of losing. Jacko, you're up. Uh balls in. Oh, oh, yeah, so, yeah, hit me, hit me, yeah, time out. Time out, <laughs> time out, time out. Time out. <laughs> Advance the ball. Yeah. <laughs> Is there an eight-second violation? <laughs> All right, go, hit me again, hit me again with the shot clock. My bad. Ball's in. All right, so my winner this week is the Minnesota Timberwolves. They were coming off a five-game winning streak before losing to Charlotte. It was a terrible loss, but they've bounced back with a double OT win against the 76ers. Cat fouled out of that game after having a blinder. I think he was only missing three shots. Uh, and that led to some horrendous late game shots from D'Angelo that he managed to hit anyway. Uh, mad last play, go Wolves, shout out. <laughs> it's really hard to do that in 24 seconds. That's the challenge. That's the challenge. Yeah. <laughs> that cannot win. Honestly, I actually have a big soft spot for the T-Wolves. Oh, fuck off. I'm a massive hot, hot, like, soft spot, man. They are deep in my heart. Is that a dunk? And I was, I was just watching um, Anthony Edwards dunks just yeah. the other day. Oh. See that another that was a contender for winner of the week, and the ref that called that is a contender for loser of the week. Oh, that was yeah. a, atrocious. I cannot that believe that was grim. That was the best dunk I've seen in probably. That's a that's a, a story for another day. Like the best dunk for the last decade, but that was probably number one. Informal protest. I feel like I'm just being ostracized here because you guys think Anthony Edwards is going to be something one day, and I'm <laughs> I'm not on that train. Mm. So I feel very attacked right now. <laughs> just on that last play, like they had the 76 is inbounded, barely got the ball to Embiid. They still had six seconds left on the clock, and I'm pretty sure they still had a timeout. 
and it was just Embiid jab-stepping for like three or four seconds until a double team came, and then he, he just had to force a terrible shot. And I'm pretty sure they had a timeout. How fucking good was Embiid that game, though? Yeah. That was just All, ridiculous. Yeah. Aside from that. <laughs> I There was someone on Reddit who did a deep dive into every single foul call he got in that game, and pretty much every single time he went to the free throw line, it was for a really ambiguous call that just fell his way, and it contis- consistently happens with Embiid. So I don't know if the officials should look into that or not. He's a sneaky good... He's like a sneaky good player at wrapping the arm around like yeah. what James Harden used to do. Yeah. Well, well now it's been does. called out. I wonder if it will still continue to happen. Because it's not the first time I've heard people complain about that sort of stuff when it, when it comes to Embiid. So give me the L, Tom. We all know what you're going to say. Yeah. Uh, Jacko <laughs> wins this win of the week. The table off. Oh, mate. Pelicans can't win shit. They can't even win this. <laughs> I have ice in my veins. <laughs> he even said halfway through at the end, he's like, I can't even do this. Yeah. He was chucking up shots where he just like, trade this man now, and then it would go in. No, it was just like the perfect D-Lo game. I think we said it before. I've literally heard T-Wolves games where I've heard the commentators sigh yeah. at a D-Lo <laughs> No, shot. they haven't. They do. I still oh. remember. They were playing. It was last year, and he took this shot, and you just heard the color commentator go, Oh, <laughs> he didn't even hide it. I didn't see that, but I could totally see that happening. Mm. He didn't even hide it. Yeah. I think I've lost two of those now. I think I've only won one, and that was Steph Curry drop fifty. You're about to lose another one too. Uh, My loser wait. of the week is going to be Caleb after this next category. <laughs> All right, loser of the week, Jacko. You want to start? Yeah, yeah, I'll start. Let's do it. Twenty-four seconds on the clock. Let's go. Prince, Cassius Clay, Ron Artest, Ennis Freedom. <laughs> the newest player in the NBA to change his name for humanitarian, human rights activist reasons. Uh, it's fallen a bit short this time, and it's pretty much just been memed out of oblivion. I won't be buying an Ennis Freedom jersey. Uh, I hope he gets traded. It'll become the fuck. <laughs> <laughs> so are you... Are you calling a man that's advocating for human rights the loser? I had this big write-up. I, uh, <laughs> I didn't get to it in time. Then I started rushing through it. Uh, I ala- yeah. Elaborate, elaborate. We're going to OT now. It's, <laughs> <laughs> <What>? <laughs> um, it's rebounded. 14 seconds. Yeah. It, it started off with like... It, 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 it's really political, so I won't get into it. But like it started off as being like really respectable. But after some poor decisions he's made after... The whole China stuff, it's kind of become a bit of a... It's a bit of an eye roll now. And the memes that have come out of the Annis Freedom thing have been fucking hysterical. Today, on Twitter and stuff like that, whenever people would say, like, in quotes, freedom has been traded for cash considerations or, like, freedom has been traded for a first-round draft pick. <laughs> like, that's so funny. I can't... That, and, like, the funny part is that could actually happen. And I come up with a good one that was... Uh, uh, the Boston Celtics have traded freedom for sex and love, meaning sex, Colin Sexton and <laughs> That's an ideal situation for me. Look, I'll take uh, and fr- or Ennis Cantor Freedom for yeah. sex for Sexton and love, mm-hmm. for sexy love, sexy love, sex and love. <laughs> yeah, it's the combo I package. Can't believe that was your loser of the week. <laughs> All right, let's see yours, Caleb. <laughs> <laughs> Do I get like an extra time no, as well? No. Oh, 
Depends. Depends. Yeah. I'll be, oh, I'll be, okay. I'm, I'm pretty fair. I'm pretty fair. Oh, yeah. Fair I can, yeah. For fucking giving the dub to this person that goes to the T-Wolves. <laughs> All right. Let me at it. Let me have a go. I can do this. 24 on the clock. Let's go. The refs. You guys are making yourselves look like dickheads this whole weekend. Firstly, Jack covered it. Why the hell are you calling a charge on Anthony Edwards? That was a dunk day every day of the week. Dunk, 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 dunk. And the dickhead ref that teched up Steph and then let Steph tech him. What are you doing? What are you doing? Just, I don't care that that time is going off. What is that ref doing? Steph absolutely balled out. But you're going to let a player show you up like that? You're going to let him tech you? Yeah. I, I would have thought... If that was an international player of the NBL, it's a tech for him and fuck off. Get out of here. But if that's he, not Steph Curry, he probably gets ejected. Oh, it's it shows him up. No, I, I don't understand why that's just uh, let Steph do it and becomes a mean. And also, sub loser, idiot reporter that asks, what did you mean by teching the ref? <laughs> I don't know. Well, I don't know. That's, yeah, it's gone, gone over my head. I wouldn't have a clue. Okay. I need no to ask Steph about this to, to really, really nail down what he meant. What what else? What could he mean? Yeah. I wonder what the T sign for a text symbol would mean to the ref. I am confused and baffled. Just as baffled about how Jack fucking won winner of the week. Maybe he was just going, you're terrific. You are terrific. Man. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, terrific. Oh. It could have it been worse. He could have held out an L with his hand and just been like, hold that. L means love. L means love. Yeah. Lose of the week. Yeah, it's got to be the refs. Yeah. God, that was that's, a, that's a fair one. That's a fair yeah, one. Yeah, that was grim. I also don't know how this would go down if we um said that the lose of the week was changing a name for humanitarian rights. <laughs> I can't believe you made yeah. that. There's more, to, there's more that goes into it, all right? <laughs> Having 24 seconds to explain that is a bit yeah. of a stitch up. I'll yeah, give yeah. you that. I don't... Yeah, fucking Stephen A and Max are putting this to shame. How, how do they do that? Well, Max got the boot. Obviously, he wasn't doing it right. All righty, refs, pull your head in for this coming week. Easy done. More dunks and more techs, apparently, is what we're asking for. <laughs> <laughs> Second quarter, we're bouncing back. This is a new segment, and I'm going to let Caleb take over on this one. It's something called, I bet you haven't thought about. Caleb, take it away. Oh, thank you, Tommy. So, I was... I was just having a little ponder the other day, boys, watching watching a game, watching D-Lil absolutely tear it up, and then watching Anthony Davis do the absolute opposite. By the way, I don't think Anthony Davis has caught enough slack for the Lakers' troubles. We'll talk about that later. But yeah, so I was just kind of looking at different what-ifs. So stuff that could have happened that maybe we haven't thought about what A could have led to B, could have led to C. Like example... What if LeBron signed with the Knicks instead of signing with the Heat? Who knows? Never happened, but it's fun to think about. So I've got little four scenarios here, boys, and I just kind of wanted to play it out, see what you guys think. Drop some stats, drop some not that much knowledge, just scenarios, and see what you guys think. So the first one I had, what would you guys think if, say, Damien, right now, looking at how the careers have turned out for both players... Would you have taken Damian Lillard or Anthony Davis with that number one pick in 2012? You'd have to pick Davis. Yeah? Tommy? As a career right now, yeah, Davis, for sure. As a career right now. Yeah. So I got, I got the career stats, yeah? So 
as I'm saying, this is not me going, Lillard should have been picked. It's just a fun exercise to think about. So Davis's career stats is point um, career average is 23.9 points per game, 10 rebounds, two blocks, one steal, two assists, one championship to four playoff appearances. He's only been in the playoffs four times for almost 10 years. He's been in the first round twice, second round once, and the championship. He's an eight-time All-Star with an MVP, four first-team All-NBA, two All-Defense to sec- second all defense. And he's also only played 20,000 minutes. It sounds like a lot, but when you compare that to Damian Lillard with his 25,462 minutes, mm-hmm. stu- that's an extra 5,500 minutes. Career average of 24.6, 4.2 rebounds, 6.7 assists, 1 steal, 0.3 blocks. Yes, no championships, but he's had 8 playoff appearances. Five in the first round, two in the second round, one Western Conference, six-time All-Star. And if you guys remember correctly, he's, he got snubbed probably two or three years as well. Mm-hmm. One All-NBA first team, which I think is a bit of a travesty that he's only made one NBA All-First team. Yeah. Four All-NBA second teams, one All-NBA third team, and he was the Rookie of the Year that year. Though he doesn't have the championship, I don't think he's had that much worse of a career than Davis. Just, just say the scenario where Lillard... If this was to happen and Lillard went first, that would mean Davis would go to Charlotte. Mm. I tell you what, a Pete Kemba and Anthony Davis combo would be pretty tasty. That would have been good. Mm. No, neither of them had any help at all for the first few years in the league. So Yeah, man. That, I think that wouldn't be bad at all. And then you got Lillard going to the Pelicans. It, would it Lillard even have been Damian Lillard? Because if you think about Portland, he's had no help as well. Mm-hmm. He's been, like CJ McCollum's a good player, but he's not an all star yet. He's never he been an all star. Could have had Austin Rivers instead. That would have been <laughs> fucking. Oh mate, I'm sure he'd love Austin Rivers, yeah. but and he would have had who else is uh, Davis? Rajon. Ro- oh, they wouldn't have had Rajon Rondo yeah, if he was there. Who yeah. was there when? That would have been like. That's my point. Gordon's <laughs> fucking point. <laughs> no, oh, Eric Gordon. He would have played with Eric Gordon, Drew Holiday, Etwan Moore. Yeah, and- these are not the Eric Gordon and Drew Holiday that. Exist now, yeah. So well, Eric Gordon was still pretty good back then, but Eric, True, was all right. True wasn't a player he is now. Well, also Eric Gordon was injury prone when he was at the yeah. Pelicans. Yeah. So I don't know. I I don't think it's as crazy. And then when you look at the points, Davis has scored thirteen thousand nine hundred forty eight to Lillard's, Lillard's seventeen thousand two hundred thirty three points. Yeah, Lillard spent a long time carrying his team, and Davis was injured a lot of time in New Orleans. So that's what I mean. Yeah. Aside from the championship. I don't think it's that bad. And I feel like I gotta say this now. I one of my and I haven't had a chance to say it, is one of my biggest gripes in the NBA is that we don't recognise players for getting there. Mm. Like the bit the most annoying thing is that people go when like the ridiculous Jordan versus J- James LeBron uh, argument comes up, is that they go, Oh, he's got six titles to LeBron's four. Mm. But LeBron made it there. Why is it such an L? For losing in the finals. Yeah. He made it to the finals. Dude, Lillard used to get clowned for that fucking... When they made the Western Conference Finals and got swept by Golden State. They shouldn't have been there. Yeah. Like, that was a huge achievement to even get there in the first place. And sorry he lost to, like, one of the greatest teams of all time. It is ridiculous that players are ostracized for that. I've used ostracized twice, guys, in this conversation. <laughs> oh, How goodness. fucking good is that? Caleb's pulled out the thesaurus. I've I've got to sit in the cupboard right here. But LeBron, 
not to make it a Jordan LeBron debate, but why do we feel the need to bring up championships to making their like if you look at Jordan, yes, he never lost a yes, Jordan never lost the finals because he didn't make it again. Mm. Le, LeBron has lost finals because he's made so many. Yeah. And doesn't like stop it anytime soon. No, that's what I mean. Well this year Yeah, maybe Russell not Westbrook's this year, yeah. LeBron you would count him in for a finals appearance pretty much any year until like it's obvious that he's up against the wall. Till he drops. And then in two yeah. years' time, I tell you what, he'll be back in Cleveland and Mobley will be helping him get to the finals. Yeah. Mm. Heard it here first. All right. So you, what, what do you guys think? Would you still take Davis over Lillard? Or is that change, those little stats change your tune a bit? Yeah, it's tough. You'd still probably go Davis just because what Lillard lacks is that ability to just completely dominate a game on both ends and davis could do that he might not do it he might be injured more he might not have personal stats that lillard can have if you if you can get him remotely healthy you want davis because he, he just provides something that pretty much no one else provides in the league yeah i also think as um from the point of view of a coach who's thinking of drafting you compare the two players i think anthony davis would fit into a lot more sort of team structures um and rosters compared to dame I think Dame, you got to build around, and you can still build around Anthony Davis, but he can also like, and in in the Lakers, he's slotted in with a lot of other big big sort of players, with LeBron and Russ. I just, <laughs> I just think that he's a lot more versatile. So I think as if I'm drafting someone, I'm either going to be a shit team, and I would I would pick someone like Dame, or if I was a big sort of franchise, I'd get someone who can fit in really easily. Yeah, Don't. there aren't many people you'd pick over. Ugh. Davis, would, yeah, you'd have to just go based on potential. Well, we do talk about you'd rather take the unicorn over a guard in a draft. So yeah. I, I agree, I'd take Davis as well, but I don't think it's, I think it's 1A, 1B. I don't think it's 1 or 2. Yeah. I think it's 1A, 1B personally. Yeah, no, it's a sure. more, even, more even debate than before, yeah. 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 Second one, boys. Would Derek Rose have won another MVP if he was healthy? Everyone's really thinking about that one. I'm, I'm a yes. I don't you know. think yes? He, he might yeah. not even deserve. The you first think one. yes? I I loved him. I loved him. He back. was oh. fucking awesome. There yeah. is yeah. no doubt how great he was to watch. Um, so his MVP season, it was twenty five points, seven point seven assists, four point one rebounds, but his field goals were forty four point five, and his three point was thirty three point two, and he had the lowest win shares for any MVP since Steve Nash in two thousand and six. And I think there is a lot. There is enough being said that it should have either probably been LeBron or Dwight Howard that got the MVP that year as well. Yeah, there was a, there, there was already a contentious decision to even give it to him in the first place. That's one that's still debated to this day. Well, Zach Lowe, I I remember he actually said that he voted for Dwight Howard that year. Yeah, and I'm pretty sure Bill Simmons said he voted for LeBron. Yeah, but LeBron was never going to get it because of what happened. So the only stats I could find comparable from all the other. Because all the other MVP since Derrick Rose's MVP has just blown him out of the water statistically. Like, he's not even close. Mm. So the, the other one that I found was uh, Steph's first MVP. So he had 23.8 points, 7.7 assists, 4.3 rebounds, but he shot 48.7 from the field and 44.3% from three. And he had 15.7 win shares and he had one of the highest PERs for an MVP during that time. I guess it's really hard because Derrick Rose, when you look at his stats before the injury, he was only 21 points per game on 46% from the field and 28% from three. He was really good, but he was really young. I don't know if he would have gotten another MVP. It might have been tough, especially when you look at the people who won him the years after. 
I don't know. That's that's one of the great NBA what ifs. What if Derek never did his knee and the Bulls mm. were good for a few more years? Because they were fucking. They were a great team, man. I was gonna say that was also a massive transition just for the league in general coming mm. out exactly. of the, the yeah. thousands coming into the teens. Um, and I think Derrick Rose was at the forefront of that. So in my eyes, it's 50-50. He could have gone one way and gone one, got one, one MVP and then sort of become this par player. You know what I mean? Like he's mm. still a great player, but he, he never really advanced his skill or anything like that. Peaked um, early. Yeah, he peaked early, right? Um, or he kept developing and working hard. I, I think if he stayed healthy and kept that mindset, I think he has the potential to win another MVP. Yeah, yeah for sure. Guaranteed, nah, not guaranteed. Yeah. All right. Well, I'll give you a list of MVPs and tell me if you reckon he would have... Like, as I said, this is just completely hypothetical and it is exactly what you just said there, Tom. There is two ways it could have happened is that he got it and couldn't keep up with the league and plateaued or he adjusted. And by the sound of it, he was a very hard worker before the injury. So there was just as good a chance he progresses. So does he take LeBron's... MVP in 2012 in the uh, lockout shortened season. I don't see that happening. Does he take the LeBron after that? Probably not. Kevin Durant's first one? Nah. Nah, not Kevin Durant's first one. Can't take that speech away. <laughs> Steph Curry, the second, uh, the first one, I reckon he could possibly... I think James Harden was probably close to get that one. Wasn't going to take away the u- unanimous MVP from Curry in 2016. Russell Westbrook, triple-double... Unless he did triple double, I don't think anyone's going to take Russell Westbrook's triple double year away. That's and the one got, that you look back on. You're like, "Fuck, did he really deserve the MVP?" Yeah, so I was be, so that for would be it. my yeah. one for like most debated one. I think. Well, I was so for it that year, but I think since we've progressed these next couple of years, seeing how regularly it's done now, it's not yeah. as impressive. It definitely yeah. hasn't aged well for sure. And then you got a James Harden, two Giannis's, and a Nikola Jokic. And by that time, so he'd be 32. He'd be going to his age 32 season and guards that have his play style don't usually age well. Yeah. So I don't really know if he would have won another MVP, but he could have, his jump shot wasn't saying otherwise. The next, the year after his MVP, his jump shot declined. Yeah. So, it, it's taken a long time for him to like become a pretty decent shooter. But is he even really a decent shooter now? He's better than what he was. He's, yeah. Like, He's I don't still think, the go-to. Yeah. I don't think he would have, become as good a shooter as he is now not saying that he's a great shooter but if it wasn't for all his injuries you know how do you not rely on this unbelievable athletic asset that you have of getting into the paint yeah well okay another question do you think he would have been part of the top five point guards because you got correct me if i'm wrong i reckon the top five point guards of the decade is curry in no particular order curry westbrook lillard paul and harden do you see him usurping any of those five it's really tough. He was he was so good. I think he, he could have really been. Yeah, good. if it wasn't really. if he didn't have the fuck knees, he probably would have been. It's tough. Yeah, but he would have been top been. five. Yeah, he yeah. definitely would be top five. Yeah, I reckon he'd be top five. I reckon he'd be in that list. Whether he gets another MVP though, I don't see that happening. Mm. Rose and Westbrook are relatively comparable, and I could have seen years of conversations about people being like, "Look at Derek Rose. Why isn't Westbrook as efficient as Derek Rose?" Mm, why, why doesn't yeah. Westbrook fit these teams as, as well as Derrick Rose does? I agree. I I don't know if he wins another MVP, but I reckon he knocks Russell Westbrook at least out of that top five. Yeah. Next one. What would have happened, do you think, if Clay Thompson was traded for Kevin Love before Love was traded to Cleveland? So if you guys don't remember, there was a trade on the table for Clay Thompson, I think it was Draymond Green, mm. 
and a pick for Kevin Love. So just think about what would have happened there. So who do the Cavs go for then? Do they stay with Wiggins? Or do they and have a, a LeBron year like when he was at the Lakers his first year? I don't th- personally think they would have gone that route. Mm. I definitely think LeBron comes in and goes like, get me another fucking star. Do the, uh, what do the Wolves have? What happened with the Wolves then when they have Clay Thompson? They came dead last that year and they would have been worse because they didn't have a point guard for Clay. But does Clay become, get played at, oh, he wouldn't get played out of the league, obviously, but does he have a completely different career trajectory? Does he become even a better player because he has more ball handling opportunities? He's more in, he's more, he has more opportunities. So he could score more, he can dribble more, he can pass more. And then, Draymond's not Draymond. He's probably in Minnesota with Clay. Yeah, Draymond would never got that opportunity to start. Yeah, well, he was lucky to have that opportunity to start with Golden State mm. because the only reason he got picked was because da- um, yeah. David Lee did his hit. What, what do you reckon the Cavs do? I don't know about the Cavs. Yeah, this is what this is a huge one because Clay would have turned into a better player. There's no doubt about that. Um, but Kevin would have fucked. Warriors. They never would have had the years of success that they had if they didn't They'd have be a play. completely different Clay bailed him out two years mm. in a row. But if you look at the Warriors play, Draymond Green is their point guard. Mm. Steph is the point guard, but yeah. you def- you see more pick and rolls where Steph's setting the screen for Draymond yeah. than you yeah. see Draymond setting the screen for Steph. Steph's such a, like a, like a gravity, like a massive object. A big planet, right? Yeah. His gravity's huge, right? So like mm. it, it unlocks Draymond's ability to ball play. And run that offense because Steph's so fucking such a sinkhole. So, do we reckon the Cavs hold on to Wiggins? I was looking at it. So, you know, there's always a star available in this league. There's always the next star. I was looking at who were the stars available after this Kevin Love trade. Guess who the next star was? Kevin Durant. Now, you're going to say I'm crazy, but you all said that they were fucking crazy when he would go to the Warriors, didn't yeah. you? Yeah. Mm. And it would have been like, you know, this is just the best place for my basketball. And then fucking go on to Cleveland. Everyone said they're crazy. He's not going to Golden State. It's not happening. It fucking happened. It would be it would be weird, wouldn't it? I don't think that would happen. Mm. No, it never. Would be, it would have been funny, but <laughs> can you imagine that? I'm sure you can but, find some photoshopped images or something like that. The next th- there was three other ones though that I reckon were well, could have been likely, and that would have been Carmelo Anthony had just come off. Had um, he was on free agency, so I reckon if they didn't have the Kevin Love thing set up, maybe the Cavs take a bit more of a run at Melo coming off of twenty-seven points per game, give him a crack. But the other ones were Paul George and Jimmy Butler; those were the next stars off the block as well in that twenty seventeen off season. If I'm the Cavs, you're thinking they're going to go Paul George because he'd work well with LeBron. I don't see Andrew Wiggins staying on the Cavs. Yeah, no way. Peak LeBron. Andrew, like, I yeah. think I think Wiggins was gone either way, and it just worked out at the time to be Kevin Love. But it would have could have been could have been anyone. Could have been Dwight Howard for all we know. Mm. Dwight Howard was getting traded around that point. Yeah. Maybe Dwight looks a bit different than he's got LeBron. And is Dwight still at the Magic this time, or is he at? The he's left the Magic. He is in between Houston. He's in that like that weird phase where he was at Atlanta and Charlotte. Oh right, oh, yeah. yeah. <laughs> Everyone forgets those years. Yeah, that is fucking <laughs> strange to think about. He was yeah, pretty was... undervalued at that point, then, if I'm remembering Very... correctly, wasn't he? Charlotte was like the last straw. I'm pretty yeah. sure he should have been in that 75 list. By the way, oh, someone po- yeah. someone pointed out the other day. Would you rather peak Dwight or peak Anthony Davis? And I was seriously considering peak Dwight. I'd probably pick Peak Dwight. Peak Dwight was incredible. I think oh, the, he was dope. the heights that yeah. Dwight achieved in that that one season probably outweighs anything that Davis has pulled off so far. He's um know, it's well, debatable. That's a, it is debatable. Well, well, that's what I mean though with the Davis Lillard thing. Like Davis 
to me, hasn't really achieved much by himself. Lillard mm. has just carried that Trailblazers franchise for years. Mm. I think Davis had one really, really good playoff with Pelicans, and then he had yeah. the other one where they like celebrated they won the championship after they made mm. it to the playoffs, which, mm. looking back, that was a horrible look. Yeah, it was bad, but that's just how bad it is in New Orleans, man. <laughs> and that one season, that one playoff series that he was, he was fucking good in it. They I demolished do, the Blazers yeah. as well. Yeah, he was a fucking weapon. So Last one, boys. So, I bet you haven't thought about how shit the 2010 draft has turned into. I haven't thought about it in a while, no. Mm. No. Enlighten me. Let me give you the top five to the, to the 2010 NBA draft. John Wall, Evan Turner, Derek Favors, Wesley Johnson, and DeMarcus Cousins. Wesley Johnson. Oh, yeah, right. Sorry. That's the top five. That's the top five. This is just giving me this weird throwback to, oh, was it 2K10 or 2K11? They had the draft combine. You had to do a draft combine. 2010. It was 2010. Yeah. It was 2010. Fucking Wesley Johnson and Boogie Cousins used to fucking tear up. (laughs) It was that, yeah, that was a good year. Do you know yeah, how I old thought about Wesley Johnson so long? Did you know how old Wesley Johnson was when he got drafted? No, I don't really. Yeah, he was, was a senior. Game. Yeah, he was that's a senior. One thing I always thought about why it doesn't seem like drafting older players works. I got a list up of the fucking draft. There are some names in here. Hey, yeah, but they're all injured. So yeah. Wesley Johnson was twenty-four when he got drafted. That is just unheard of. That's got to yeah. be the only pick in the 2010s, 2020s, in the top 10 where someone is that old. It was 24. 23-24. And so the other notable names from this draft are Gordon Haywood, Ed Davis, Eric Bledsoe, Avery Bradley, and Hassan Whiteside. Jeremy Lim was went undrafted that year. Here's another one. Here's another one. Boban was undrafted that year. Boban. Really? Yeah. <laughs> yeah, that's some fucking Ish Smith. Undrafted you. Think of it though. So John Wall and Demarcus Cousins, if you we say this five years ago, and we talk about the twenty ten draft five years ago, we're probably talking about it in a completely different light. We're probably saying this is a pretty damn good draft. Yeah. But the thing is is though, when you compare it to two thousand and nine to two thousand eleven, it makes it look even worse. Yeah. So two thousand and nine was Blake Griffin, James Harden, Ricky Rubio, Steph Curry. DeMar DeRozan, Drew Holiday, Jeff Teague, Pat Bev, Denny Green, and Patty Mills, all still in the league, all still killing it. They're still killing it, yeah. Tyreek Evans won um, Rookie of the Year that year Mm. and probably would be in the league if he didn't really like weed. So (laughs) then you look at the 2011 draft, which as a Cavs fan, I distinctly remember as it being originally being told it was a really weak, shitty draft, Mm. but it's instead turned into one of the best drafts ever. I never realized how good this 2011 draft was. You got Kyrie Irving, Ennis Cantor, Tristan Thompson, Jonas Valanciunas, Bismack Biombo, Kemba Walker, Clay Thompson, Alec Burks, the Morris Twins, Kawhi Leonard, Nikola Vucevic, Tobias Harris, Reggie Jackson, Corey Joseph, Jimmy Butler, and that number sixty Isaiah Thomas. Yeah, fucking hell, that's huge. Yeah, this draft is shit house. <laughs> <laughs> like <laughs> those out of the top ten players, there's only. There's only two good players that are still... Paul George yeah. is the only all-star player from that 2010 draft that's still there. Yeah. Gordon Hayward's not all-star level anymore. Yeah, poor guy. John Wall and DeMarcus Cousins aren't. Greg, that Greg draft, Monroe. Greg Monroe. Dude, I was looking at draft egg trades. 
they loved the Greg Munro pick. Yeah. Bleacher Report fucking loved it. They literally wrote he'll be a multi multi time all star. Is yeah. what they wrote in the draft day. Great. Oh yeah. my god. Derek Favors. Oh, they were coming. Wasn't like um, I didn't keep up with college much back then because I was fucking thirteen or something. But <laughs> um, Boogie Cousins was like, wasn't he on some huge college team? He was on Kentucky. Him and John Wall are yeah. on Kentucky together. Yeah. Well, Demarcus Cousins, if he gets picked fourth, that's a back a front court of Kevin Love and Demarcus Cousins. That would have been so good with Ricky Rubio. Mm. It'd be interesting to listen to like someone who's been a huge draft guy for a long time, like revisit this draft and go in depth on it because, yeah, it like yeah, fucking Evan Turner and Derek Favors going two and three. That's pretty weird. Well, the interesting thing to me though is if we did it like three years ago, we'd be saying it isn't that bad. It's just in the last year or two, it's just gone to shit. By the way, shout out to Isaiah Thomas who just won- hit the yeah, game today. Yeah, that was today. fucking awesome. <laughs> I tell you, like, like one of my favorite players ever, probably number two. So, if you didn't see it, Isaiah Thomas hit the game-winning three for uh, Team USA against yeah. America, uh, Cuba yeah. in the uh, one of the friendlies or fucking something like that. But he won it, which was great. Yeah, I he love got stitched up. He got stitched up. I don't know how you can be a Celtics fan and not say Isaiah Thomas got stitched up. He got stitched up. Third quarter. Here on Just Another Basketball Pod, we like to answer the big questions. Big, huge. Jacko, you got a couple of big questions coming up. Let me hear him. Well, I just um, wanted to go on a little bit of a deep dive on the jerseys this year, the uniform selections that we've got. Every team's got a four, some teams have five. And I just want to go in, you know, go into a bit of a rant about some of the ones that are really good and some of the ones that are a bit shit. Yeah, there's some, there's some fucking crackers. Yeah, so for the most part, the jerseys this season are pretty good. I think NBA... Compared to a lot of other sports, or compared to a lot of leagues, sorry, uh, their franchises are usually pretty well designed. Uh, but yeah, for everyone that's pretty good, there's one that's equally as shit, and there's some car crashes. Like this season, <laughs> I'm not sure if you guys have watched the OKC white themed court and jerseys are probably the worst thing I've ever seen. I the the amount of respect I have for um, Oklahoma fans that have to sit in that fucking stadium and attempt to watch a game on that court. Is immense. And I feel like even even more for the players who have to fucking wear those things. Like <laughs> that's awful. They like they, they it just looks like toilet paper. <laughs> I actually I think the court. If you take the court out of it, I don't think the jerseys are that bad. You're on drugs. You're on <laughs> get off. Of You're on drugs. Con- yeah. I think my my note for this was whoever designed these need to contact Chief immediately because I just got off the phone with him and he said this is definitely not it. Oh, the yeah. controversial one with that lime green Minnesota one because I feel like that's either you love it or you hate it. So obviously you really hate it. I really really hate it. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Another one I have Boston uh, classic and city uniforms. They should only ever have the association, the icon, and the statement jerseys. So that should be the three jerseys they wear constantly and for some reason this year they pretty much wear the two fucking most disgusting ones and they wouldn't even be that bad except for on the shorts there's this like huge gray streak on either side and it is just the, the biggest eyesore ever i don't know what the fuck they were thinking considering they have one of the most classic historic mad jerseys ever yeah no one can debate that like yeah just please stop they're fucking terrible 
Have you have you got all the Pelicans jerseys on the F grade? Yeah, yeah. So for the listeners at home, I've actually I've actually made a tier list um, for every single jersey in the league this season that's that's going to be worn. And yeah, there's some fucking dreadful. Yeah. So I'll go through. I've ranked each team based on their catalog. So not just because they've had what they have one good jersey, one shit jersey. Like it's taking in the to account like every single jersey they have. It's body of work. Yeah, yeah, body of work, body of work. Um, it was a pretty easy top five, I'd say. I think the Warriors had the best selection of jerseys this year. I don't think anybody would really disagree with that. I think Spurs have mad jerseys. That's the clear cut. Uh, and their City jersey is S tier. That is so fucking good. That might be the best jersey in the league. That white, colourful one. Oh, yeah, 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 that one's dope. That one's yeah. a good one. How fucking good is it? The Lakers are blessed with that colour palette, obviously. Oh, uh- and they, these the are these are like color. yeah these are like not even the best Lakers jerseys we've seen in a while. Compare the other Lakers jerseys, like they're pretty shit, but they're still fucking third on my list. So what does S stand for? Cause S it's... is like the absolute best tier. Superior. <laughs> Super. Yeah. yeah. Super, yeah. Like, Super like... tier. I'm gonna say now. I reckon it's a tie for the best jerseys. I reckon it's a tie between Utah Jazz Sunrise. I fucking love those ones. Mm. Yeah, that's the like... best tier. The Valley Suns. I was literally going to say they're my top two. Yeah, the <laughs> I think they're my top two. I especially think the like those two uniforms are a bit underappreciated this season, just because they've used them before. They're a lot Whereas, of like too. Mm. Yeah. How silky was the Charlotte ones? Yeah, the Charlotte, I, the Charlotte City jerseys are also an S tier for me, and then their association and icon jerseys are an A. Their only letdown is that their statement jersey, there's just like the normal purple one is shithouse. That is fucking so gross. And it never looks good for the most part. All the players, when they wear them, were sort of just wearing like blue shoes and shit. Not a fan. Not a fan. Underappreciated one, the Toronto City jersey this year is like an Ovo classic Raptors themed, like collaboration type thing. Inspired. So it's got like dinosaur and the like the same design, but then it's all gold. I thought that was cool. That's oh a good yeah, one. that one's sick. Yeah. What's the worst one you reckon? Out of all of them, what is the absolute worst one? All right, so in my F tier, I have the Celtics City jersey. The normal Kings jersey, the Statement Pistons one. Fuck, that's pretty bad. Yeah, Statement I was going to say. One yeah. is just, that's the worst one. Just grey and shit. <laughs> I really don't like. And it, yeah, all every single Pelicans jersey is an F tier. I was looking at that. Every single design. He's yeah. just sitting yeah. there empty. <laughs> and then there's two, and then the Kings of three in there as well. And then uh, two of the Orlando jerseys are in there. Yeah, but you'd probably have to go to New Orleans, but it's no secret on this podcast that New Orleans is fucking shit. Oh, mate, they're going to look really good when they get back into that Seattle supersonic yeah. colorway. I thought this might have been a bit controversial, but I don't mind some of the Cavs uniforms. I've that got is the controversial. Ci- I've got the City jersey in B. I don't really like their... Um, like the maroon one that they have, that's in D. Dude, yeah. I did said don't like any of the cat aside from the black one. I don't really like. I I actually I do like our new city one, the old yeah. throwback retro yeah, one. That's I cool. do like that. I feel and like the black if, one. If your normal maroon was just that color instead of this dark, like yeah, really dull one, I think it would be a lot cooler. I like the black one as well. Yeah, but I don't I like think, the white I, one. I think your normal white one is the best one. See, I don't like that one. I really like that's that the one. main one. I just don't like the block letters of how they got Cavs. Like, I still really like the throwback, the ones from like LeBron's second time in Cleveland. Mm. Like they were just really basic. Like I really like the maroon with like the yellow writing on it. Yeah. Because they've got the new ones. They've got just maroon. It's like got like a navy blue. Yeah. And it just doesn't 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 do it for me. 
It's like two dark colors, and it kind of like you got to make it pop. Yeah, got to make it pop. What? Who do you guys reckon out of all the teams has the best colorway? Uh, the ones that are like iconic. So the Celtics green and white. That's standard. Like that's a great. That's a stock standard for an NBA thing, and it's complete. Like anybody worth their salt recognizes a Celtics jersey, and it's the same for Bulls. I think the Bulls traditional ones are great. The Spurs ones and the Lakers ones. I think. And I would say the Golden State jerseys are now in that category as well. I think you're sleeping on the black and white Brooklyn Nets as well. Mm. Yeah, see, like I don't hate them by any means. I actually really like their grey one. And I don't usually like grey jerseys that much. I just think they're Spurs light in terms of design. Yeah. Yeah, I think there's um, there's some teams, like there's obviously there's like this um, standout ones. So there's a couple of teams like Utah who haven't had the best sort of... <laughs> I don't fucking love Utah. Um, <laughs> they, they didn't really have the best color scheme, but I think they've really made it work mm. with their design. Yeah, you know. So I think there's a couple of teams that are like that. Um, looking at just probably just the value ones with the Suns. I think that um, Atlanta for some of their jerseys have really made that little bit of gross color scheme work. Mm. Um, um, here's a question for you: What do you guys think about the Wolves jerseys that aren't the green one? So, like, their traditional white and then blue one, and then they're also their city jersey, which is, like, the throwback Wolves tree one. I reckon when the team moves to Las Vegas, they'll have to pick some really nice <laughs> new colours. <laughs> I really like... I think... I, I really hated the Wolves rebrand when they did it. Not that they were good... Like, that was a nice design beforehand, but I think it's grown on me in recent years. Apart, still, apart from that green one, I think they've really cleaned it up. What about the Memphis Grizzlies ones? Like, just their entire catalogue. I thought they were really boring. Yeah, it's hard. Because mm. some teams... Like, I don't even think Memphis and then I think um, Dallas as well. Because Dallas hasn't changed theirs in yeah. forever. Dallas yeah. is super, super mediocre. I like um, Memphis's like, their old one from the 90s. Where it's got, it was like the pattern on Yeah, the, that's um, sick. But they're not the wearing color. that this year. If that was yeah. in there, they'd be a lot higher. Also, they that was have, their last um, year. Remember a couple of years ago they were wearing the like the old school red one. It was like yeah, 70s yeah, yeah. theme. Mm, that is, yeah. I'm just that's like my favorite jersey ever. Why isn't that like a yearly rotation for them? I don't know. Makes too much. One of those things that probably makes a bit too much sense for that to happen. Yeah. I don't think teams think think enough about their like uniforms and their identity. Because I feel like if you, if you have a strong uniform, you attract so many more fans. Yeah. Do you think players actually sit there sometimes and go like, man? I'll look fucking ridiculous in that lime green Minnesota jersey. Yeah. Well, you, you look at you look at the teams the in DNF, man, and they're all the shit teams. Like all all the teams that I didn't rate their jerseys. Your all Celtics the shit teams. are in there. Yeah, but the Celtics <laughs> they're not regular jerseys. They're just but like yeah, fucking OKC, Memphis, Kings, uh, New Orleans. I don't really like the Pacers ones, but they're not. Awesome. Yeah. Like, all, all these teams are just, like, the bottom-tier teams in the NBA and have been for some time. Who decided for Orlando to have the black and orange one? See, I don't even... as I don't hate that one as much as the others. Like, every other uniform they have, I think, is atrocious. I actually think that's an improvement, and that's saying a lot, because it's Who not a good uniform. Who decided that? Yeah. Who's the most boring? Because I reckon the Wizards would probably be the most boring. Yeah, that's... As well. I've, yeah. For the Wizards, I I think they're just really, really... I Personally, I've just never really fucked with that sort of... Their jerseys at all. I still think they're an improvement on, like, back in the day, like the early 2000s ones. I mean, the... the Wizards one. Yeah, the Wizards one. That John like the Moore, Gilbert, yeah, when jo- Gilbert When Johnny Moore first came in, that sort of jersey. Yeah. They were atrocious. So, like, there's still an improvement, but I've never really liked them. What about the Pacers? I reckon they're just cheese sandwich. 
Yeah, the Pacers. Yeah. The Pacers do have a. <laughs> yeah. Cheese sandwich. That um, Simple, bro. I think it's their city one this year. The full yellow one. That's pretty cool. I don't mind that one. But who, the rest who, of them suck. Who do you think? So looking at this right now, Dallas, the Blazers. I'm gonna say Toronto and Orlando. Those four have pretty much kept the same stock standard jerseys, and we'll mm. say like. They're not even, like, you can say Celtics have always looked like Celtics, but those are iconic, as you said. Yeah, yeah. Out of the out of those four, who do you guys reckon needs to change it up? Oh, and I'll put the Sixers in there, because the 76ers have had the same one for a while as well. I really like the Sixers one. I think the, yeah. I think all the, I think the three uniforms, like the, the Association one, the Icon one, and the Statement one are, like, fucking perfect. I reckon they need someone else to spice it up, though. Mm. I think I think, I think Philly needs someone else. I do, I do like their jerseys, though. Their City yeah. jersey's really cool this year, too. It's pretty sick. It's pretty sick. Do you reckon they um, consulted Ben Simmons on what the design this year? Maybe Kendall. I don't know. Whoever, whoever ben, ben Simmons was slinging around that day, maybe. Isn't she with Devin She's with Devin now, but yeah. I don't really like the t- Toronto one. Because they changed a couple of years ago, so the writing's like in a triangle. Yeah. Yeah, I got well, it. Like but it's like not the, like the, the ones north, that... Yeah. yeah, it's not like they were wearing nice ones beforehand. I just think so they need a, a text change. There's too many towers... Does anyone know, like, the, you look at Toronto, they've got a tower on theirs. What is that tower that's on the Dallas one, on their logo that they keep throwing back to? Yeah, what's it with, like, American cities and just having towers as, like, their icons? <laughs> like, Newcastle with the penis tower. Imagine if imagine if the Newey Knights trotted out with a penis tower. <laughs> Go check out Jacko's rankings of the jerseys, what's hot and what's not, on our Instagram, at excuse underscore the underscore noise. And let us know what your favourites are. Finishing up in the fourth quarter, that's been a heated game. Let's talk about the Lakers. We talked about Anthony Davis earlier um, and comparing him, talking about how he sort of developed to the league. What do you reckon, Caleb, about his struggles this season? He hasn't copped anywhere near as much as shit as he should have. Everyone's been focused on how bad Russell Westbrook is and no one's really noticed how bad he's been. So... Credit to basketball forever. Anthony Davis is shooting the worst three-point clip in NBA history among two uh, players that have taken over two or more shots per game. He's shooting 16.7% from three-point land, and he's also the least efficient jump shooter in the NBA currently with 33.1%. Shit. Yeah. <laughs> they kind of jump yeah. out at you, hey. Especially if you're not like routinely watching Lakers games. Like I watch a fair few, but I'm not like... Yeah, I'm not sitting there analyzing every single second of a Lakers game, so they do def- definitely jump out of me. But it's, because, pr- it's because he has games like he did against. Uh, who was it? Yeah, I can't specifically remember what game, but it was just like him and Russ going fucking mental in the fourth, and that's why people don't really record. Yeah, that's probably why he's not getting the hate that he maybe deserves a little bit. I was thinking about this the other day. Do you guys think right now is the lowest dep- LeBron's approval rating right now? Do you reckon it's the low, lowest it's been since his first year at the Heat? It could be. It's yeah, everyone maybe, seems like they're off yeah. him. Yeah. Well, I think, yeah, since then, he's developed into Le GM, where you, you kind of just are analyzing his roster decisions more than his play half the time. But it, but in terms of, like, his on-court villain antics lately, yeah, maybe. Because I understand that those Pacers fans said some pretty horrible yeah. stuff. But what the hell is all the crotch grabbing after he scores? Like, he doesn't like it. 
Well, win a couple of games by more than 10. They've only won one game by more than 10 points this yeah. year. And that game but, wasn't like completely over yet. They didn't was, smoke them. That was one of the weirdest celebrations I've ever seen. Yeah. Oh. He was he almost didn't get fined and it wasn't until people started being like, "Oh, like oh, such and such got fined for this. Like why hasn't he got fined?" Oh yeah, cuz Fred Van Fleet did the big balls a couple of weeks ago and he got fined 15 grand and then LeBron was going to get away with it until yeah, it started circulating around Twitter. But you know what? Fred Van Vliet and the Raptors, they're winning games they shouldn't yeah. be winning. Yeah. Let's be honest, yes they haven't got a better they haven't got a better record than the Lakers. I'm not saying that, but they're yeah. they're, they're doing better than what we thought the Raptors yeah. would be Above doing. We expectations. Thought, it's all exactly, about expectations. The Lakers are below 500 now or are they at five, did they make 500 finally? I think they're below mm-hmm. again. I, I'm pretty sure they're either even or just below. It un, it makes it understandable why I think the fact that Davis and Westbrook haven't been working well together, it makes sense because they're both taking each other's space away from each other. Davis isn't shooting well, so Westbrook has less space. Westbrook isn't shooting well, so Davis has less space. It's all kind of part and parcel. And when Carmelo Anthony and LeBron James are your best three-point shooters, that you're going to have problems. Yeah, like that roster is not built for the success of anybody at the moment, and it severely it falls completely out of control if LeBron's not there because he can make it work but no one else can. I think maybe his struggles got a little bit more to do with the roster than maybe him, himself. Did you see that his um, free throws are down heaps? And that's a massive thing, uh, a massive indicator with older players that that's when you start seeing some sort of regression. Mm. So It could be like rate. a combination of regression and then a combination of maybe finding it a bit more difficult to get fouled like in this season that's that's i guess everyone's free throw rates down someone actually put up a really good um made a really good point this bit off topic but i have wanted to get your guys thoughts on it actually someone made a really good point you know how everyone's blaming the wilson ball for the shooting mm. Mm. so they said from the last two years the shooting is down a lot someone put up a really good point that maybe the shooting was really good because there was no fans in the arena yeah yeah, I haven't thought about that. That's true. Because I've I've heard a couple quotes of people being like, when the fans aren't there to throw you off, but some people play better than, you know, you're looking at them being like, who is this guy all of a sudden? Like, he doesn't usually play like this. I think that was a Jason Tatum quote. Look at um, Giannis's free throws. They were pretty average throughout the year, but they weren't as bad as they were in the playoffs. Mm, and exactly. what was happening in the playoffs, people were counting down. You take that away. Yeah. You take that pressure away. Yeah, and you got the people yelling at you. You got... The count, I like. I don't understand why Giannis spent so long at the free throw line. If I'm struggling as much as he is, I just want to shoot it and get it over and done with. I don't know why you want to sit there longer and think about it. But yeah, maybe that's it. They always used to say how loud OKC was. Mm. Maybe, maybe that's yeah. okay. There's Russell Westbrook's excuse now. All right, looking forward to the rest of this week. What other games to watch? I think it goes without saying Warriors and Suns. Mm. That should be highlighted on absolutely everyone's car- um, that's calendar. That's game of the season so far. So looking forward to that. It's going to be mm. a fucking cracker. And everyone's healthy. I think Wiseman, they reckon, might be back. I don't yeah. know if they'll play him. I don't think uh, he'll see huge minutes, if any minutes. Not in a game like that. It's definitely but like a statement game this season. It's interesting because there's two really conflicting styles as well. you got slow and methodical and then pace and space. What do you reckon it's- if... Um- do you reckon like, if Steph's off, which is highly unlikely, but if he is off, do you reckon they'll still have a good chance of winning? Well, he was off a couple of games ago, was it? I think it might have been a couple of days ago. He had a pretty, by his standards, like a poor shooting night, and they still mm. fucking won the game easily. For, for someone who's known for being this like shit-hot shooter, he doesn't have to be killing it all the time offensively yeah. for them to succeed. Uh, Tom and I were talking about at the start of the season how that first game he got a triple-double and he shot like shit, mm. and yeah. they won. 
But I think against the Suns, he has to be on. The Suns are too good. They're, I think they're almost on a 15-game winning streak. Mm. 16, they're, I think. 16. They're, they're looking great. Mikhail Bridges is just out of his world defender. Yeah. He'll this, be that, on. That's going to be the test. How well can that four-man unit of Bridges... Uh, Booker, Paul, and Crowder. Yeah, how, yeah. how do they? Hit? That that's kind of like the battle of these cool young units that we've got going on. How much better do you think they'd be with uh Cat in that lineup? Their offensive rating would be out of this fucking world. Yeah, they might be the best team in the league if that was the case. I don't know. Cat's. I'm changing my tune on Cat a bit. He's been pretty fucking good. <laughs> he's great. Pretty fucking he's, good. He. I think he's just a the- in theory player. Because yeah. I don't, I don't think he can say he's a bad player while he's in the situation he's in. Yeah. But did you see that um, the Minnesota Timberwolves with the starting five? I go get the stat. It was fucking ridiculous. It was Cat, D'Angelo Russell, Pat Bev. There are the three guys. They got um, the center. I think it's Reed, maybe a Koji. But either way, it was the best starting five in the NBA on offense and defense. Yeah. Ooh. That's actually a bit crazy. True. The fact that there's. The the best defense in the NBA when you're starting yeah. D'Angelo Russell. Oh, it was fucking Anthony Edwards was in that. <laughs> no yeah. wonder I lost. Like uh, you can see, you can see them being good offensively because they've got three guys that can fucking just shoot the shit out of the ball. But that defense is pretty crazy. Yeah, we'll, we'll wait and see. They're in the play-in right now, so you could see it happen. But yeah, back to the Suns and the Warriors. I don't really know who's going to win. I have no clue. Mm. You could the Suns absolutely dominated the Nets. Like we yeah. can talk all day about how shit the Nets played. The Suns completely smashed them, and that score was flattering. Like they they weren't good at all. The Nets and they were lucky that it was only a, I think it was like a six point loss by the end of it. Yeah, it was way 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 more than a six point loss. Um, mm. Yeah, I don't know. I I do think that the Warriors will like sort of rise to the occasion, whatever team they're playing against. In a way, it's it's very hard to predict, and it's pretty even at the moment. And it honestly, just depends on whether or not Steph's going to go completely nuclear or not. I think that's the deciding factor. I think if he just has like by his standards an average game, it'll be pretty close, and I think Phoenix could probably pull it out. But if he's on, if he's on, like there's just no stopping him. He loves cooking Chris Paul. <laughs> like he loves it. There's still a bit of that uh, Clippers. Old Clippers Warriors rivalry with yeah. uh, CP3 and Steph, yeah. but it'll be interesting because I guess the Warriors are kind of where the Suns were last year, with all the young guys and trying to get them all acclimated and get some winning tendencies. Just want to say as well, as fun as Josh Kaming- uh, was Kaminga's been for the Warriors, they should have taken Franz Wagner. He is so good. Yeah, and he would have been a perfect fit for him too. If you're looking to win this season, Franz Wagner would have been the perfect choice he can defend he's long he can shoot his jump shot is beautiful he mm-hmm. was really really good to watch he the Cavs smoked him but oh, I nearly made it through a whole pod boys without bringing up the Cavs but, <laughs> uh, yeah they um Franz Wagner he's got me a bit excited I was I was looking at him I was looking at his rookie cards I was like this guy could be half decent I reckon my game of the week is Bulls Knicks that's on our Friday so NBA Thursday That'll be a good one. Because there's yeah, sure. in the next few days there's some pretty shit games. It's a lot of it's all the good teams beating down a lot of bad teams. And that's kind of like the only other standout in a way. The um, Bulls are just as you and I start getting on the bandwagon, Jacko. Yeah. That and uh that fall happened. Yeah, they're they're starting to hit a slide and the uh upcoming games are pretty are not very generous. they're playing some pretty good teams. 
I think this might be where they start coming back down to earth. They need Vucevic to start helping out because he's just he's a minus. I was looking at his offensive rating, defensive rating. He's making that team worse when he's on the court in all different ways. I think they're in for a tough like week and a half. But if they, I don't know, maybe they don't have said that they'll uh they'll fucking win most of the games. All right, so they've got uh, Charlotte and then the Knicks and then Brooklyn and then Denver, uh, Denver and then Cleveland and then Miami. But that's that's not for a while. Well, that Cleveland's an instant L. They're not going to win that. Mobley's back. Mm. So. I, uh, I think there's a good chance that they could they could lose all of them. They'll probably beat the Knicks, maybe. They, Dude, they, they could lo- beat the Knicks and Charlotte, but I think they lose against the other three. Well, they lost to the Pacers, the Rockets, and someone else by a fair bit as well. Like They yeah. weren't just little losses either. They were big losses. Yeah, they had a tough one today against Miami. Oh, yeah, they just lost yeah. to Miami today, I saw. Well, we'll wait and see what happens because we were so off them and then now they're looking all good and we're like, oh, they've got us. We're, yeah. we're on the hype train and should have stuck with our guns on that one, I think. Just one more week. If we held out one more week, we would look like geniuses. I still think <laughs> we do. <laughs> yeah. Thanks for joining us on Just Another Basketball Pod, brought to you by Excuse the Noise. We had so much fun today. Joke, check out our socials at excuse underscore the underscore noise for more content. Uh, this has been Tom Craft, Jack Crawley, and Caleb Fogarty, and we'll see you next time. <laughs>